Hello, Just Hoops family. We are back with another podcast. Um, apparently, we had a schedule of every round we're going to do one podcast, but... That was unintentional. Yes, very unintentional. Uh, quite busy on our end, um, but we're here. Finals time, uh, and we're not talking school. We're talking NBA finals. The table is set. We have the Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Not the Miami Heat this time. Okay. The Boston Celtics. Okay. It's very exciting. Um, we're ready to get into it Thursday. Uh, this podcast will be coming out Tuesday. Um, but, yeah. What are your I, thoughts? I like that bar you dropped, though. Not school with finals. That was good. That was crispy. Um, There's electricity in the air, Jacob. <laughs> Palo, Palo, and not Palo, just Palo. talking. Not just talking about the sky. <laughs> hey, uh, my brain better be getting healthy. That's all I'm saying. Um, but uh, from it's, I'm excited. It should be a fun series. You got a defensive-oriented team versus an offensive-oriented team. Both teams are really good on both ends of the floor, though. Boston not as good offensively, and. The Warriors not as good defensively, but they're both in the top ten. Um, so it'll be fun. I mm-hmm. I just I think it's a good matchup, and it should be just really good basketball both ways. So, so we could start by going out west, talking about what they did, what what the Warriors did well against the Mavs. They stuck to their guns. That, in my opinion, was their biggest thing, is that they never changed. They knew what they were going to do, how to be successful, and they just went out and did it. Uh, the biggest example for me was probably just how they guarded Luka. They were like, hey, we're not going to switch Steph onto him, so, hey, we're going to just constantly show. And they didn't change that from game one to game five. It was just, hey, this is going to be our how we're going to do things, and we did that. And offensively, the ball movement, player movement, the pace – they almost came back from down 29 in a quarter, um, which was very impressive. Uh, we were on live stream for that one, right? Mm-hmm. That was a that was insane. Like just showing their depth too, because that was the bench five that came in there and did that. So, like overall, their ability to be adaptive while also sticking to what they know and how they play was their, my biggest takeaway from that series. Yeah, just their. You know what you're going to get offensively. They're, everybody's moving. Um, one through five, cutting that small ball lineup. Uh, Draymond really just controlling the pace, controlling what everybody does. But what really not surprised me but stood out to me was their defense, like you said. Um, their rotations, uh, staying very disciplined with the showing. Not really like they – I guarantee, like, I don't have the numbers, but, like, it couldn't have been more than three to five times a game that Curry got switched on to Luka, and they had over 40 ball screens with Curry being involved. And uh, just being able to stick to that and not faltering at all uh, within that, um, that was just that was very impressive for the Warriors. Now, the one thing, they gave up a lot of open threes against the Mavs. They got lucky. I, I thought they got lucky, considering that the Mavs have shot 40% all playoffs. And then they played the Warriors and shoot 20 to 30%. Um, that was the only thing that I was like, you got to like kind of pick that up, especially against the Celtics, who have been also shooting 40% all playoffs from three. Um, but again, you also could pick and choose who who you want to shoot. Like, It's not the same level of shooter. Yeah, no, has. no. 
I, the Mavs definitely have better shooting than the Celtics do, but I think the Celtics have more weapons, but not getting into the matchups yet. Uh, now we can go back to the East. What Wait, did this, for, yeah. We'll just talk about the Warriors real quick. Who do you think is like the standout guy? The those rookies. That's good. I I, would, I was gonna go the same way. Kaminga especially, but then Moody had a really gave he had two really big minutes. really big games. Yeah. Um, that and he was a big piece in that comeback, and then in the closeout game, he had huge minutes. Um, for the Warriors, so like the 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 production that they're getting out of the rookies, um, and then to go away from that. Uh, I'll let you talk more about that, but I'll go. Andrew Wiggins has been playing back at his all-star level. Uh, in that he played at that in that last series, um, getting downhill, using his athleticism to uh, attack the Mavericks, um, and he was shooting at like a forty percent clip. So they need him um, to kind of take the pressure off of not only Curry but Clay. Like Clay take his time to get going. Um, that was a huge. Huge thing because Clay started every game really slow, um, especially except for the closeout so, game, yeah, game five. Um, but that's like if you have Wiggins scoring twenty four a game, um, take the pressure off of everybody on the uh, Warriors um, offensively and then defensively. He was picking up full court, picking up Luca full court, so he's gonna have a, another big time matchup against Jason Tatum and. Um, He's going to need to bring that energy and play at that level again for the Warriors to bring home the championship. I uh, the the rookies for me were like those guys that like hey you gave awesome minutes awesome production you did your role at a really high level, but I'm actually going to go with Kevon Looney. Um, Looney's ability to rebound, his ability to guard, his ability to just do his job. Best player in the league. And an insane level. <laughs> like, the guy went out there and was getting double-doubles like it was no big deal. Like, he was just playing hard. He was giving it his all. Um, that type of effort can't go without notice. Uh, I think his ability to, especially just defensively, to just guard and do a variety of things, like be the primary helper, be able to switch on to Luka, be able to do all these things, allow the Warriors to be more adaptive and more, like, just overall not, uh, I don't know the word I'm trying to say. Um, just their ability, like, his ability to switch opened up a lot of things for them defensively, being able to rotate easier, being able to be in the gaps better, being able to just do everything better because his ability to guard the ball was actually very good for him being – his size, his weight, like you wouldn't expect him to be able to sit on Luca and stay in front for more than two or three bounces. So it was really good on his end at that end of the floor. And offensively, his ability to rebound, his ability to finish around the rim, and his ability to be a hub offensively for him to catch it at the elbow, be smart with it, make decisions, catch it in a five-out situation, allow things to develop around him and just make the right decision with the ball in his hand. So somebody like that going against Boston, will be huge because Boston's ability to guard, Boston's ability to just stifle an offense, make somebody stagnant. So the more you have a playmaker and the more you give the Steph and Clays and Wiggins the ability to slash around and make plays off the ball is just going to be huge because for the Celtics, you won't have anybody that can fall asleep, like on the ball, off the ball. Like everybody has to be alert. Everybody has to be active against that high-potent, high-movement offense of the Warriors. So now you want to go out 
Yeah, I mean, now we'll go back to the East. Talk about going to what Boston. the Celtics did well against the Heat. Um, you could start it. Or, yeah, yeah, you got it. Defense. Um, yes. They have <laughs> probably the best defense that I have seen since long time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm oh, I don't even know. Like, maybe the Heat in, like, 2012, the 60-some win team. Like you, maybe. you might be able to throw the Raptors in there, too, 19. Yeah, that Raptors team was good, too. But, like, what we're trying – just, like, they're one of the best defenses in the past, like, 34 years. Like, easily. Like, their ability to switch, their ability to have eight – I'm going to include Pritchard. Eight guys that can honestly go out there and give you great effort. Um they showed a lot of drop in the Miami series, which I don't think you'll be able to do against Steph, but their ability to uh, adjust and show something else that you didn't really show much during the regular season was awesome. And Robert Williams is not 100%, but his ability to impact the game at three levels defensively, like he did a really good job on the ball. He did an awesome job in the gap. And when he was able to do his job as that primary helper, paint protector, where you'll scram him off, keep him as low man, do what you did all year. He is incredible at that. Like, it's it's what the Jazz try to do with Gobert, but how they their personnel on the perimeter allows it to be so much easier and so much better where you just put the most athletic, biggest guy on the floor at the rim and be like, hey, try to make a play at the rim. He basically, like, for six, seven games, I'll say seven games against the Heat, Whenever he was in the game, in the paint, Miami would get a paint touch, and they would just, like, dribble out immediately. They were not trying to deal with him at all. Uh, Jimmy, a couple times, was able to make a play through him or around him. But overall, Robert Williams is – I'm, like, to go to X-Factor a little bit, he's going to be that guy. Like, it being a vertical threat – offensively where your offensive rebounding catching lobs making those types of plays but also being able to guard like that being able to switch on to Steph and try to contain him on the perimeter being able to be in a gap and make a play a stunt or get out and contest and probably block a three and being able to be a big time rib presence offensively he's going to have a good matchup against Looney probably in my opinion I think it's a good matchup for him but even Draymond Green, he outsizes, out-athleticisms everyone that the Warriors could kind of throw at him. He'll be on Draymond cause if they start that uh, really big lineup. They'll start Horford. So it'll be him on Draymond and then Horford on... No. You think Horford on Draymond? Yeah. I just think because of switching purposes. Like, not switching purposes, but well, like, like Draymond with handoffs and stuff. I think Robert Williams would be better in showing. Horford did good, though. I think Robert Williams would want to keep at the rim from, like, a scheme standpoint. But, um, just like that, like, a little talk about that. But Boston was incredible defensively. Offensively, they weren't as incredible. They had dry spells. But, on honestly, Miami had the second-best defense left out of the conference finals. So, like, two great defenses going back and forth. It's tough to always have a rhythm. And I think that Boston matches up well with the Warriors in terms that you got two guys on the perimeter that can go and get their own bucket, and you're not going to be able to guard both of them. So we'll just see how they do. I really like their five-out, their mo- their movement in a five-out, their just their ability to have a ton of options, get free up guys. So um, we'll see what happens, how they go at attacking the switchiness of the Warriors. I think Steph's going to get thrown in a lot of action again, but... Um, that probably will be their best bet. But overall, for the 
Celtics offensively, you have to get off the ball quick. Move it, allow the ball to free up, allow the ball to let the offense breathe. And the more you get that ball movement, player movement, the more good good to great shots you'll get instead of settling for off the balance, trying to hit a fadeaway over a hard contest. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, for the Celtics, it was mainly defense. Like, their defense was amazing. Um, not only Robert Williams at the rim, but Al Horford's effect. Um, Bam Adebayo was coming off of a 31-point game in Game 3, and then Game 4, Horford's guarding him, and he's scared to even shoot the ball because he blocked him two straight times. Like, the effect of Al Horford, not only Rob, like Robert Williams, like you said, they dribble into the paint and just run right out because they're – like, the rim protection's insane. Um, like, I forget which game we were watching, but I was like, his his impact is better than uh, what Rudy Gobert is. And Rudy Gobert is praised for his rim protection. Like, that's like, it's what Utah wants Rudy Gobert's effect to be. But um, I feel I feel like their uh, on-ball pressure, too, is like, like their like, one-on-one yeah. defense has been amazing, too. Like, everything, gaps, uh, like, like we said this before the season, like, they have all the pieces to be an amazing defense. Like, they have all the individual defenders from Marcus Smart to Jalen Brown. Um, and then Jason Tatum even stepped up, stood, stepped up this year. Um, they said the stat in, the, I think, Game 7 and Game 6 that every last one of their players were voted. Starters. Starters were voted for an all-defensive team. Or was a player defensive player? I think it was supposed to be all defensive team. Yeah, I think all defensive team, um, which is it's and it's amazing. Like you're like, it's just amazing to watch that defense. How they rotate, how they are in the gap, how strong they are in like contesting, uh, knowing what matchup, what who they want to shoot, who they don't want to shoot. Like they're um, they if they did an amazing job against Miami, especially against the shooters too. Like they didn't let Strews get off a good look. Um, he might have gotten. He probably got less than ten good looks in the entire series. Um, with like, they did an amazing job on, every, except for Jimmy in the last two games, which you really couldn't guard him. But um, they did an amazing job all series in one on one defense. That was an interesting thing with Jimmy because like you can see that they after Jimmy had those two bad games, mm-hmm. they sagged off him. Like they yeah, completely yeah, yeah. showed a different look against him where. And then he started getting going, and then in Game 7, it was literally all up into him. Like, you, every time he touched the ball, there was a body in his grill, like, really showing their presence. But he was unstoppable in mm-hmm. those last two games. Yeah. Um, he, he got to the line a lot. But yeah. offensively, like like Jacob said, um, they need to move the ball. Like, they just need to keep going, keep moving the ball. Um, I like Derek White's impact, like, kind of going ahead to someone I'm going to talk about. Um, just dive into it. Like, he, he's been – it's scary because of how well he's shooting right now, too. Like, he – I know game six he had 20-something. I don't know what he had in game seven, but he's – the last two games, I he might have missed two threes. He had confidence. Like, he was actually looking like, for he's, a shot. Yeah, he's not, he's not scared. Like, at the beginning of the series, like, Miami literally was in the paint guarding him. Like, they, they were like, he's not going to shoot. He's yeah. like – He's not aggressive, and now he's getting downhill, getting to his floater. He was the one, especially in round two. Uh, we were didn't we do we did a uh, live stream? And we, yeah. we were talking about how um, how Boston needs to get into the paint before they kick out and try to get those threes. Um, and Derek White was the one 
They brought him in. He'd get downhill, get in the paint, land on two, kick out to uh, Grant Williams or Mark Smart corner three. Like they, he was the one getting them uh, those wide open looks. And then against Miami, they were out on shooters. They were like, uh, yeah, Derek White beat us. And he was in, getting in the lane, floater, floater. He made them have to guard him. So if he could do that against the Cel- or against the Warriors, it's just going to open up everything for the Celtics. Like he's his it's impact. Guy. And then defensively, it's not like he's a mismatch. Like he's going to be able to sit down and guard. Like That's the crazy part that he was the one that was hunted. Yeah, like that. Like that's like, like <laughs> you can't really hunt anyone. But that's also the Warriors don't hunt anyone. They're just going to yeah. keep moving around. But we can talk about the matchups later. We both kind of talked about our X factor. So you want to just dive into the series? Yeah. Well, um, I'll start with. Uh, just we'll go like two things we're looking forward to seeing. Um, how the Celtics are going to guard all the like the we talked about this in the conference finals uh, preview. How the Celtics really pre-switch and they really can't do that against the Warriors. Like you said, they stopped against Miami um, later on in the series, but like just because of how many actions the Warriors go through and how random it is, like you can't really pre-switch. So I just want to see what matchups are um, and how they really, how they guard ball screens, handoffs, like with Draymond in the action. Um, I want to see if they kind of go small ball too. Like I want to see if they kind of try to uh, combat the Warriors small ball with another type of small ball with Grant, either Grant Williams at the five or keep Robert Williams in at the five and go small around him. Um, so I want to see like, cause they have, they have all the like, their team is so versatile, and everyone. It, Pritchard. <laughs> he plays hard on defense. He plays hard, but like he's not like he's not the best defender. No. no. Um, but like every like that's 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 the thing that I love about Boston is like how hard they play. Like I I wasn't like I wasn't mad that they're in the finals. Like it's like I was like they deserve it. They're like they play hard. They play their hearts out. Um, had an amazing season too, from how it started till now. Um, but, like, I want to see, like, those different types of lineups that, like, they could put five guys out there that could defend. Like, I want to see if they try to just focus on the defensive end and then offense, just, like, let it happen, let it flow. Like, I don't know. One thing that I'm looking for, you talked about it a little bit from, like, small ball. Yeah. I want to see who small ball wins the day because Boston has the ability to go small with even, like, a Grant Williams at the five. So, like, doing something like that where it's, like, say it's a smart, brown, Tatum, white, and Grant Williams lineup, like, that lineup against the Warriors who you can play, Bielitsa at the five, that could be small ball at the five. Moved. I think Bielitsa is another, I think, like, I think Kaminga will get run, more run. Than... Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like, the Warriors have, like, you were saying that Boston's versatile, but, like, the Warriors are even more. Like, their ability to throw say, so many different say, lineups. I would just say deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're the deepest team. <laughs> that, like, um, that's what actually we talked about with the Dallas series. Like, how we were saying we, oh, who the other guys will win and the Warriors' other guys won. Yeah. From Jordan Poole, Bielitsa came in in those last two games. It was phenomenal. The rookies. Um, the rookies. So, that's four guys right there that gave, like, huge impact. And then you had a little talk about Looney, Wiggins, like, Everybody on that team stepped and Gary up. Gary Payton's coming back. Oh, is he coming back? So I don't you're, know if it's game one or not, but you, they said he's coming back. You're about to have 10 deep. 
at least. Yeah. 10, okay. 11, 10, 11. Where you can genuinely, Steve Kerr could genuinely be like, okay, this game, like game one, let's keep a size out there all the time. So you can go with Looney for 25 minutes and then the rest of the game play a Bielitsa, play a, um, yeah, Bielitsa is their only other size guy, but he's still small. Like so. Kaminga. Kaminga. Like they bring Kaminga in this summer. Um, so who, whoever small ball wins, I think, will be huge, and that'll go to the class. Whoever mm-hmm. is able to rebound that's, better. That's one thing that I think the uh, Celtics kind of match up well because, yeah. like, they they controlled the glass against Miami a little key. Like, no, they did not. Not that's like, what in wins in that Miami series. It was literally rebounds and turnovers and third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was. Um, it was like from a stat standpoint, like the amount of rebound. The amount of rebounds you get and the ability to hold on to the ball and was not it? be stupid with it. I was mixing up the series. Um, my bad. <laughs> but uh, what other thing? Um, I was I was going to say this also. You could talk about uh, bench production. Um, because in those last, like, especially game seven, but in most of the Celtics wins, um, their bench production, like, demolish Miami's bench production. So, like, I want to see if Derek White comes back in and could get you 15 points and then you have great production from Grant Williams, too. Like, I want to see, like, if Boston Boston's reserves could step up to the level that the Warriors are going to bring uh, off the bench. Um, that's definitely going to be a huge key for them just to take pressure off of all, those star- all the starters, uh, especially on the offensive end, you know they're going to come in and give you great effort defensively, great effort on the glass. Um, so it's just going to be like if Boston's de- Boston's bench could match that um, production of the Warriors bench. And then for me, the second thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing is how each team guards the difficulties of the other. So for the Celtics, I want to see ball screens, whether they're willing to switch everything. And then off-ball, whether they're willing to switch everything or not. And then, because in that Miami series, they started actually staying with their matchup a lot. Same with Miami. Both teams started off the series very switchy. And then as the series went, it was like, PJ, you need to stay with JT. And then, like, try to keep Smart or Brown on Jimmy. And then also, like, you're trying not to get Tatum in a bad situation or you're not trying to get Derek White always switching. Like, they start really showing when they didn't want to switch. And then same with the Warriors. Are you going to switch Steph? Because, like, there's no real good matchup for Steph in this series. Um, like, are you going to be willing to switch Clay on to Jason Tatum, even though he hasn't been the best defensive player? Are you going to be willing to switch Looney? Because Luka and Tatum and Brown present way different issues. Like, Luka is not the most athletic, quickest guy, while Tatum and Brown could beat you off the bounce off of a move. So... Are you going to be willing to switch those, or are you going to make them attack a drop, force a lot of tough twos? Um, so we'll, I'm excited to see, especially like ball screen defense for both teams, and uh, it'll be just because both teams know how to combat it, know what they can do. So um, it'll be it'll be fun. I don't think one thing that Boston started to do against Lowry was they tried to down him in the middle of the floor, and I think against the Warriors, if you down a ball screen. Especially say it's Draymond setting the screen, or even Looney. These guys can make plays. So you you take the down and you hit that pop or the short, and you're playing with a 
you're playing with numbers on the backside of that. So they're like, it's going to be difficult because of the different challenges presented. Uh, Miami had a good, a lot of good opportunities off the short roll, whether it was Bam or whether it was PJ, just getting them in a spot to play with numbers or getting them downhill off that, hitting them early in the pocket. So the Warriors could do that same thing and really exploit that if they go and drop. If not, if they switch, I want to see how Boston goes at Steph, goes at Clay, goes at Looney, goes at Poole, like these guys that you could probably easily get a bucket on, easily attack. So ball screen defense is going to be huge for me to see what each team's doing, how they're going to attack it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to see what the Warriors do in the gaps. Like I want to see if they're as heavy as they were on Luka when uh, Tatum has the ball. You got to be. Like that's like – but then also you got Tate or you got Jalen Brown kick, kick it too. He can make a semi-contested three yeah. at a high rate. Like that's 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 a one that's another big challenge for the Warriors. But who you got winning? Hart says Warriors. Mine says Celtics. Um, I I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Celtics in seven. It's hard for me to go okay. against defense. Now, I think. This is going to be the obviously the biggest challenge so far for the Warriors. Um, they just present the Celtics present so many different looks, so many different chat. Like they they could match up well with these Warriors team. Like, but at the same time, the Warriors are going to be. The thing with the Warriors though <laughs> is that in the Memphis series they struggled because Memphis made it grimy, made it dirty, they made it like a slugfest. That's and the Warriors thing. like it where it's a flow, where it's moving. Like, Dallas made it kind of easier from them from a stylistic standpoint, where it was always flow. And Memphis made it choppy. And Boston's going to make it even choppier than Memphis did. So that's where, like, at the end of the day, I think Boston will be able to succeed in the choppy moments while the Warriors will – I don't know how they'll deal with it because they did struggle against Memphis when that those times came. But they're still, like, an elite offense where – you can be choppy for a quarter and still have like a 30-0 run, like 30, realistically like a 30-12 to 12 run in a quarter and you're up, like after being down. So it, that's, yeah. it's the, that's where the challenge comes because like the Warriors are so elite and they're so connected as a team at both ends of the floor. And Boston offensively has so many struggles, but their defense is just that top tier, like crazy elite um, one of one that it's hard for me to go against them. Um, yeah, like, the Boston matches up, like, I wouldn't say, like, perfectly, but, like, probably as well as you can get in this entire NBA. Um, just because of that defense. Like, their defense is insane. But I think that the Warriors are just too much. Like, I think that they're too much uh, firepower, too much, like, they're playing as well as you hope, like, as well as you basically can at this stage of the season like they're they manhandled three three straight teams i mean they kind of struggle with the grizzlies but like they they control they control the series um how many games six but they were three one 
We'll see what happens. That's that's one the Warriors have struggled in closeout games. Oh no no! I mean like how many games you say? Oh there? no! I got yeah I got Warriors in six. Warriors yeah, in six. I hope it, I hope it's a, like I hope it's close games. I hope it's not blowouts. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not a blowout here, blowout there, blowout here. That's blowout. what the first two rounds were so good. And, and then <laughs> conference finals was like blowout for blowout, except like two, three games. Three uh, Miami. The <laughs> last two games of the East Conference Finals were close. And then, and then there was that whole two games out west. There was one game out west that was like know. kind of close because it, it, the, the 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 like one team would be up at least fifteen. Yeah. At some point in the game. Yeah. So, <laughs> it would just point. be 15 here, the, a run, 15 there, a run. All right, before we close this out, though, Miami and Dallas, phenomenal seasons. Like, mm-hmm. y'all don't have really, like, I would say off-season-wise, Dallas, you need – we'll talk about this more. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to start We're going to have a podcast coming out probably Friday talking about we're going to pick three different teams and we're going to start diving into the off-season. Um so we're going to come out with some of that content, and then we're hoping to continue, like, game breakdowns, live streams, and then uh, kind of if we, like, maybe, like, just 10 minutes in a podcast talking about what happened in the past game or two games. Um, so. For, like, Miami, you need to probably find a back, a backup center. But besides that, you need to keep this unit together. I think, like, the talent, the youth, and experience is insane. They've been through it, two conference finals in three years, um, a really good unit. And Dallas, uh, one big splash. you guys just, I think, continue to add role players. That's my opinion. Um, we'll dive into Dallas more at the podcast later this week, but um, continue to build around Luka. Uh, you guys are going to be contenders for as long as Luka is a Maverick. So just keep him there, keep the talent around him at a high level, and you should be good for a long time. So, um, but congrats to them. Great seasons. Not the way you wanted to finish, probably, but really good years. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're on to the beginning of the end. Uh, it has been an awesome year, and hopefully these finals live up to how the year's been. Yes. Um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Make sure to check out the YouTube. We got more podcasts coming later this week. And this podcast will be on video edition on YouTube. So make sure to listen slash watch there. And yeah, it's been nice. And we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.